0: What is it, Doctor? What's going on? I'm not sure. I haven't seen anything like this since Anita Brad concert. What was it we had
1: for dinner tonight?
2: Well, we had a choice. Steak, fish.
1: Yes, yes, I remember. I had lasagna. What did he have? He had fish. Doctor, there are two more sick people, and the rest of the passengers are worried.
0: I'll take care of the passengers.
2: Find out what the two sick people had for dinner. This is Captain Over speaking. Bumpy up here but we'll be past it in a few minutes Uh, a couple points of interest we're now flying over hoover dam and a little later on we'll pass to the south of the grand canyon meanwhile relax and enjoy your flight okay chicago this is flight 209 er we're in trouble
0: Now I'm good. I'm just going to make a quick volume adjustment on you guys here. It's all right. You know, when it's been a while bef- since you've used the uh, the old equipment, sometimes it doesn't work exactly as you intend. Yeah. Got to dust it off. It as warms it were. Up
1: a little bit longer.
0: <laughs> or maybe the episode's already over. <laughs> it just started and stopped that quick.
1: Wow, guys, a minute and a half. That was uh, wow, pretty good.
0: Pretty strong.
1: Yeah, what
2: that? what's going on in that desk behind you? It looks like that barbecue place we ate in KC. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that table full of
1: like bills. There's a lot going on back there. Um, some of it's mail, but uh, the filing system hasn't been worked out entirely. Uh, you've got a filing cabinet. You just have to put it in there. So
0: well, sometimes task is on me. Sometimes you just have to put it in. Welcome to episode 152, Tell Me Where to Turn, the faith-based monthly podcast of the Dallas North Tollway.
1: That's right. Sorry I was a little late. I had to uh, finish off this plate of Fettuccine Alfredo and open up my Coors Original before I could call in. So okay. Fettuccine Alfredo.
0: Fettuccine yep. Alfredo is on the list of things that I ate right before I vomited in Las Vegas. Let's put it that way. Oh wow! It's on that. It's on that distinguished list. I believe Subway is on the list for you, if I remember correctly. For me? Didn't you throw or up Subway in the bathroom me? of a casino? Am I? Am I?
1: Surely, I've listened. Ooh. I've listened to every episode of the show. That happened. No, um, I threw up nachos in the bathroom of a casino. Oh, I a, after. Uh, a night of uh, an entire night into the next morning where when I was walking back from there was some beat down place across the street from um, the Palms where we were gambling. I just remember on the way back uh, from that casino to where we were staying at the Rio, I called my wife who was about to get in her car to drive to work (laughs) and I was just leaving the casino after a that was the night that I won like the fifteen hundred bucks on three car poker and had no idea that I had won. <laughs> Always strong, yeah. But yeah, so, but but, the, the but that was nachos. Day, I got a, a nice night's sleep, and I think we got out of bed about 1.30 in the afternoon and decided it was time for breakfast. And Subway was the choice, and I was like, you know what, I'm feeling a little, I'm a little hungover. The stomach's a little questionable. So I'm not going to go with the foot long. We'll just go with like the six inch, you know, pretty plain turkey sub, you know, basically like a turkey, lettuce and cucumber made me infamous because that's what I got on it. And I got like one bite in and I was like, this is not going to happen. And so everybody else at the table is just talking, having conversation, talking about the night before and they look over and I am just miserably nibbling on a small piece of cucumber because that's all that I could tolerate. <laughs> well, how
0: I know the feeling. Yeah. You guys throw up too much. <laughs> I don't throw up a lot, but when I do, it's almost exclusively in Las Vegas.
1: Yeah, I'm, I can't remember the last time I did, but it hasn't been too long. I'm sure it's been during this calendar year. Well, it's good that you bring that up because the topic of today's episode,
0: in some form or fashion, is illness. But I want to get yeah. to I want to get to the Point of controversy later in the episode that centers squarely around you oh, and your yeah, sleeveless little... shirt, and how you were almost excommunicated from the friend circle. You were dangerously I knew close.
1: Anything wrong
0: here? in In hindsight, and we'll work through this story in the duration of this podcast. Not only did you do a lot of things wrong, we all did a lot of things wrong.
1: Uh, okay. And in but hindsight, can...
0: in the moment that we got that phone call from you, that, then when we started to piece back the events of the last 72 hours, we were thinking, wow, we, we did a lot of things wrong.
1: Yeah, we'll, get, we'll get to that. But we'll get but to I that. I mean, the, the same conversation happened uh, Texas way after we had returned as well. A few too many risks taken. So,
0: But I think a good place to start the story is we're we're here – month what four or five of pandemic now i guess four right started in yeah. march things have ebbed and flowed along the way we've been completely locked down we've been slightly released cases seem to be spiking but nobody seems to be slow in their role at all the The whole thing is quite perplexing but the summertime is when most uh, affluent people which two-thirds of this podcast would qualify for, I'm excluding myself from that group because I live a very modest lifestyle, saddled with debt, payday loans, but that is when most the people of means do summer traveling, and it's gotten quite a bit complicated this year with the virus. Now, some of us practice social distancing. We don't believe in uh, adding to the numbers, but then you have Glenn who lives in the state with the second-highest case rate in America right now, and he said, you know what? How could I amp up my summer travel? What's the one thing I could do this summer to just take it up a notch? How about if I take my entire family and travel to the state with the highest transmission rate? That's right. When you're
1: number two, the only place to go up is number one. And if you ain't first, you're last. Yeah, yeah, it was Florida.
2: Okay, I'm sorry. I'm I'm my news consumption of COVID news is Uh-oh. at an all time low. I'm just I'm so over it. I just I
1: just can't. pretending that it's not happening.
2: No, it's just I'm annoyed by. Well, I don't know. I don't want a sidebar. I don't want to
1: sign the <laughs> no, screen.
0: No, no, sign the no, screen right now. I want you to sign the screen. I want you to go on record and then i'm going to i'm going to clip this part out of the episode and then send it to your pastor
2: <laughs> i'm i'm annoyed by in there's certainly there are people out there putting good information out talking about hey here's case numbers here's hospitalization numbers here's death numbers but it drives me crazy and everyone from local news to the ticket to everyone that talks in aggregate numbers, like you know in April when they're like, the US now has more cases than you know like Italy or somewhere. And it's like, yeah the US has way more people too. <laughs> it's like, you know what? I bet there are more people die of cancer in Dallas than Ulis. We're not sitting around and being be like, why is Ulis so much better at treating cancer than Dallas? <laughs> like
0: hey listen, Eulis just... isn't better at anything. Let's be very clear on that uh... point. Have you
1: ever been to a Trinity High School game?
0: (laughs) (laughs) But
2: I did have a question for Tommy because this is something that, as Tommy is the closest to the medical field of any of us, one stat that I'm always seeing is hospitalization numbers. And I'm curious given, like, you know, the whatever they think it is, 14 day, whatever, if someone goes to a hospital, and test positive for COVID, right? Obviously, the hospital doesn't want any kind of liability. Let's just paint a scenario here. Let's say three people go to your hospital, and we'll just pick random names. Let's call them Thomas, Eric, and Duncan. (laughs) And I
0: I object to this hypothetical.
2: (laughs) They go to your hospital. You suspect them of COVID, how long do you keep them? Do you send them home right away, or do you keep them for
1: observation?
0: Is there a third option where maybe we send them home and then change our mind like a day later and bring them back? Can we do that? Is that
1: possible? <laughs> you give him instructions to have lots of immediate contact with all the family members that he lives with, <laughs> and then find the county judge and invite him over to his house. <laughs>
0: I am I am here to report today though, and I have a I've been on the other side of this. We actually do have some hospitals in in Houston and San Antonio that are transferring patients to other hospitals because of capacity issues. And that's the first time this has happened during the uh four month pandemic that we've we've actually had to flex uh people around a different facility. So there there certainly it does seem to be somewhat of an uh onslaught, if you will, of do cases you think right now.
1: That's COVID driven, or you think that's more Houston like basically their hospitals are being overwhelmed like the concession stands were <laughs> at the Royal Rumble.
0: <laughs> I've I've heard that there are several types of fruit that they're out of right now and that <laughs> is contributing.
2: But that's another thing and you tell me if I'm right or wrong here. I read a report that says like most hospitals in Houston like Last year, they were at like 90-something percent capacity. Yeah,
0: that's, like, that's, that's accurate. Where- and the the hospitals that are transferring patients are the very small hospitals in the outlying areas where there are capacity issues. But for the large hospitals in this, the urban centers, there's still plenty of capacity and the ability to, to flex, to add more capacity. And that that's the thing that gets underreported is the utilization rates – Don't really mean there's not more room if you need it. What's happening behind you,
1: (laughs) go pal? How many cats do you have?
2: We have two cats, and obviously we'll get to this later. But I've been out of town, and family said wife and kids are still out of town, so the cats are they're super needy. But to Tommy's point, there that's what's that's why the news has been frustrating. Is they just say things like you know, the Houston hospitals are at 97% capacity and everyone's like, this is probably unprecedented <laughs> and no one knows because then everyone's an expert immediately. Cause they read, you know, three sentences of an article and it's everyone's yeah. stupid. That's what I'm getting to. Yeah.
0: The, well, uh, the hospital that I used to work at in Dallas, a very large hospital. In fact, some would argue the largest based on number of beds, uh, on a when they were in running the at full deaths, <laughs> yes, they also have the lead one zero <laughs> to zero. <laughs> in that case, they when they ran at quote full capacity, they still had several entire floors of the hospital that were completely unused, and that was the quote full capacity that they were staffed for. So th- there there was lots of ability to flex up
1: if needed. Well, you need that extra building just for the homeless guy.
0: <laughs> well, that's true, and you know what? That guy got an entire floor that was not being used. So, uh, to further go, prove my top. point to tie it another episode. And uh, you know, in October 2014, there was one extra bed available after one particular <laughs> night. Just to add one just, back to you the capacity. Reuse that bed
2: just the next guy that came in for knee surgery, you're like, "Right this way."
1: <laughs>
0: yeah so back- back to the premise of the episode so So I know Glenn, in his affluence, wanted to do some summer travel. The destination was Florida, so of course, like any responsible person would do during the pandemic, you very carefully packed your whole family into the car, put on your masks, and drove the lengthy trip from Texas to Florida. So tell me what was that drive like glenn
1: uh it was pretty easy. We, uh, we left here, we went south on the tollway, and then took a ride on Mockingbird, and then parked in Parking Garage B <laughs> at Love Field Airport. Wow. So, so this guy, does, he just laughs, laughs at the almighty. Flew into Tampa, which uh, was depressing in itself yes. to arrive there at the airport and think that I should have been there like two and a half months prior.
2: Hey, real quick because I'm assuming this was Love Field, so this was Southwest? Yeah. Okay, I, my vacation wasn't nearly as intriguing as yours is, I'm sure. But I have a question, because I also flew Southwest around that same time.
1: Okay. Do you have a question now? Uh, yeah. Middle seats were not sold.
2: Okay, so that <laughs> that was the same on my plane. No middle seats. And the thing that cracked me up was everyone's boarding, right? southwest style right so everyone's getting you know the first few rows i'm in row i think 6 there's probably 15 rows full window and aisle all the way down here comes guy all the overheads are full walks down to you know row 17 or whatever the first overhead he can find puts his bag in now he's trying to swim upstream to get all the way back to row 6 and tries to sit in the middle seat and the person's like, hey, there's no middle seats. And he pulls out his phone to show he was boarding group B6 and trying to argue with the guy that he's six row seat B because he's wow. clearly <laughs> never flown Southwest before. And there was like a five minute conversation before someone's like, sir, <laughs> do you see anyone else sitting in a middle seat?
1: You tell them that B stood for brother. That doesn't work for us.
0: <laughs> exactly. Oh wow.
1: So uh, yeah. So Southwest middle seats were not were not sold. Full masks. Um, mask on everybody. Kids uh, masks. Um, masks were present throughout the airport. So we got there, and as soon as as soon as we got out of the vehicle, and you know, got our bags, everybody was mask on. And uh, yeah, everybody had them in the airport. We you know rolled up. We needed to get something to eat before we got on the plane. Now in the food court, nobody's wearing a mask, and they had <laughs> some of the tables. They did have some of the tables like blocked off or whatever, but it was pretty packed in there. Like we didn't feel comfortable eating there. We walked down to a gate and kind of got separated from people, and and then ate before we got on the plane. But Whataburger board the plane. Uh, Campeses. Oh, interesting. Uh, When they zig,
0: you zag.
1: Yeah. Um, Boarded in groups of 10, so controlled boarding, no big deal, other than the guy who, he didn't try to sit in a middle seat, but as he's walking up, he got ahead of himself in the order and tried to board the plane, and the guy was like, nah, basically it's just not your turn yet. You're like in the C group, and we're still (laughs) boarding part of B. And as we're... uh, the, the wife and kids are in front of me and they're walking past the guys up to the closest where this guy is, as he's having the interaction with the, you know, customer service rep, whatever. Um, the guy's not happy that they won't let him on. So he dropped a couple of choice words. So the trip starts with me. Of course, I'm about five paces back looking at my phone and the trip starts with me walking up with my wife turned almost directly in this guy's face telling him don't talk like that in front of my kids. <laughs> awesome. And then she just walks off, and I'm like, okay, am I about to not be able to fly because I have to fight this guy who's wearing a video game headset? <laughs> so why don't you <laughs> describe this guy? Um, I don't know. He was about six foot tall, and uh, uh, I'm not sure if he worked in IT.
2: But he probably did.
1: <laughs> uh it was a cross between IT and and <laughs> Liberia somewhere, somewhere. in that range. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So did you,
2: did you take up a whole row with the family, or still middle seat open?
1: Um, we two kids in front of us, and then we sat behind them. And then you know, if you're with your own your same group, you can use the middle seat. They don't care yeah. about that. They're just. So, but you wanted to was, space out
2: from the kids. That's
1: always a strong move. Absolutely, flight was fine. I mean, the only thing was just dealing with the you know mask on the whole time. I even refused like the drink and snack and all that on the way there. I was like, I'm not taking my mask off. But this is this is all like, going to come
0: into play later.
1: So just just no, file these little like,
0: nuggets away. This all this is all going to relate back before this I tale just is felt over.
1: like I was just in a giant test tube of covid the entire trip you know the entire flight but you know whatever we're gonna roll with it so uh we fly in the whole point of that portion of the trip was we were taking the kids to Legoland, which is just outside of just outside of tampa so i'm assuming
2: you didn't get there and find out they were closed <laughs> well they don't, they don't close awesome.
1: they don't close florida and they don't close Legoland, except for it was closed until June the 1st, about you know two weeks before we were scheduled to travel. And I was kind of fingers crossed that they would just remain closed and kind of ma- make the decision for me. Because once they reopened it, I think they were working at 25% capacity. It was either 25 or 50. We talked about it, and then we were like, yeah, let's just go. We'll just wear a mask, and we'll be fine. And honestly... You know, we stayed at like the hotel that's on site where the park is. That was probably the bigger concern because they were encouraging. They they basically took your temperature the day you checked in. And if your temperature was below 100.5, you were fine, which we'll get when we get to the story at the end. Yeah, I was not fine. And my temperature never got to 100. But so that's a weird way to determine who we let in and who we don't. Yeah. did yeah, they encourage you to wear your mask, like in the lobby, in the places where you eat in there? Um, but nobody did, like we did when we were kind of going back and forth, you know, in and out back to the park or wherever. But uh, nobody really did in the park. COVID's basically like a amusement park cheat code. I mean, <laughs> this thing, this place, there's no way there was more than fifteen to twenty percent of the people that are normally there. Like wow maybe 10 minutes to wait for a ride and sometimes that was because they had said hey we need five minutes to wipe everything down before the next few groups get on um and a lot of stuff that we rode and you get done and you just kind of like yeah i'm gonna ride it again and like they don't even unbuckle you or whatever they just That's you're still awesome. strapped in and you just you just go again so so that was fun did it they have a water park there Definitely, definitely no masks there. That was, uh, yeah, that was if you have a mask at a day. water park, that's
0: water boarding, I believe. So, yeah, you can't do I mean, that. that's
1: not it, that obviously wasn't the expectation, but you know, as many people that were packed into the wave pool and that like that's warm water, and I'm just like, this is this is just a giant petri dish yeah. in here, just keep fi- filing <clears throat> these things away, and, and nobody. Uh, any of the natives or other people traveling to the park, like we were wearing masks Whoa. the whole time. <laughs> that is unbelievably <laughs> offensive That's to the. Well, there's a lot of the Seminole Nation there. Native Floridians. Um, we were in mask at the park. We were, as, as usual, part of the one percent. I like to say, <laughs> so nothing's changed. Yeah, and we were part of the 1% that were wearing masks at Legoland, except for the employees like nobody else was in the whole place. But so, quick question.
2: Have you last time we chatted, which was several weeks ago, you had still you were still taking it pretty easy at home normal life, you know, avoiding the gym, not going out much. Had any of that changed or was this your first big
1: this was, yeah, it's a very hypocritical step because I ha- I still haven't been back to the gym, and the only I, I the only time I've dined anywhere indoors was on this trip at the hotel at Legoland, and then one of our stops as we were driving from on our way from Florida to Tennessee, we stopped at a Cracker Barrel, and I we dined in.
2: Well you see what your first mistake was before going on this trip, you should have gone to the gym, just you know, licked the dumbbells, and then you're you're very freed at that moment. You're like, I'm giving it to someone else, they're not giving it to me. Yeah. You're pitching at that point, which is much better than <laughs> catching.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Kinda of puts you on the top instead of the bottom of the disease for sure
1: yeah and what I ended up catching i don't I don't think I like the manner in which I was catching it, <laughs> considering what I had
0: in the mask outside in
1: the Florida heat that was probably pleasurable it wasn't it wasn't awful 'cause we were wearing like the the ones that we had when we came to visit you later like the the it's not cloth it's like a surgical mask looking thing you know, but it's not it wasn't like the k ninety five or n ninety five yeah which I have one of those, but I could not wear that all day outside. Sure. So, yeah. I mean, from there, we we drove up from the Florida area, a little, little night stay in Georgia, and then we ended up in uh, Franklin, Tennessee, That's a little visit funny. with Tommy2 underscore zero. Now, what? Dave, have you ever been to Franklin, Tennessee? how that <laughs> works out.
0: I have not. I have not, but... I am curious... Well, hey, hold on. Before you say anything else, Dave, it's totally understandable because this is the first time that Glenn's come and visit me too. Oh, wait. Did you come last year and visit me too, Glenn? I did. Oh, that's right. two times now. So you've been here twice. Yeah, I have. That's right.
2: Well, you know, I'm a very busy man. I just don't have time for a lot of things. Um, No, but my question is... There's a disconnect here. Did you steal a car in Florida?
1: <laughs> no, we rented
0: one.
2: Oh, okay. So, Are you? Okay, go ahead.
0: No, so I was just going to say, so if you're, if you're keeping count, um, Glenn flew to Florida, then on his own dime, rented a car, drove literally hours and hours out of his way just to come visit me. And I haven't. No, we got that part. Okay, I just I'm wanted to make ins- sure you were clear. But I'm
2: more concerned about the part of Glenn being in Texas with 30 million people <laughs> that probably have COVID. I'm pretty sure all of them. And then decided, before I go see Tommy, let me also drive to
1: Florida.
0: <laughs> yeah, so hold hold all these points in mind. So Glenn comes to Franklin Great visit as always. We have a good time. We we sat down and watched Die Hard together, which we're going to probably review on the next episode of this podcast. I'm very excited about that. We, Glenn, uh, we spent some time uh, outdoors. We had some great meals. Just all in all, a tremendous, tremendous visit. It was a good visit.
2: Glenn, if I, by some stroke of boredom, actually decide to go visit Tommy at some point in my life... What is border security like in Franklin? Like, I mean, are they taking temperature or are they just checking passports? And how does that work?
1: Man, it's more of a litmus test. So it's kind of like, I don't know, there's some sort of experiment. And if a certain color pops up, they let you in. And then the other one's considered negative, I think. I I don't know. I'm not familiar with Tennessee law. I haven't passed the bar yet there. <laughs> but yeah, so, so, great visit in the Tommy Mansion is just, you know, you have to see it to believe it. And one day Dave might,
2: maybe I in might. a few years. I might. So uh, he's got
1: a, uh, a a practice net he hits golf balls into <laughs> that's about the same size as what they kick extra points into in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> so So to set the stage as we transition to
0: the next part of the story, Glenn's visit was was great. When we were out in public, we put our masks on in a few cases. But when we were at home, man, free and easy. We picked up Mexican food one night. We just had the communal bowl of queso on the table. It It was free and easy. The fact that Glenn had been in the two highest states of COVID, that didn't matter at all in the Tommy household. And as Glenn was there, I was regaling him of tales of the exciting week I had up first time to take a little bit of downtime from work since the pandemic started taking the kids to their uh, grandparents house, dropping them off, boarding a plane from the Nashville airport, BNA airport code, if you want to look it up and flying out to Las Vegas in just a couple of days uh, after Glenn's visit was so excited Four nights in Las Vegas. Well, things got a little dicey the next and
2: i was going to see you there that's why i don't need to go to franklin i'll just see you in vegas two or three times a year
0: yeah and that's all that's really probably the the correct amount so that's when uh and you know what hold on just a second uh, i'm going to i'm going to pull it up here on my phone so i can i can read it so we sent glenn we sent glenn home on the plane we're uh we're mere days away from vegas and uh, and then I get this text. And I will be... 12.04 p.m. Let's just say me coming down with a sore throat and fever the day after we got back are the terms being discussed <laughs> by just about everyone right now. <laughs> so this Good. son of a bee... Comes to my house for three days, leaves my house and spikes a fever.
1: Mm. Uh, not spikes. I think uh, I think about ninety nine seven ninety nine eight was the uh, the highest point it got. It I, I was the confidence level that I had that it was strep throat was very high from the beginning. But I I felt like I was doing you a great disservice if I did not let you know that. Illness had befallen me, and I think it was at that. Tu- that was on Tuesday when I texted you, right? The, I think it was. Yes, Tuesday, June thirtieth. So Monday, I started to kind of come down with this. Wasn't exactly sure what was going on. I didn't get to you Monday because after I got done working, I think I was in bed and asleep by like five forty-five. Didn't get up till the next morning. Yes, and exhaustion that, is
0: not a symptom of COVID, so that's that's a good thing.
1: The, I we, in, went to the doctor the next morning. So, yes,
0: and the ironic other part of this story is so the night we watched Die Hard, which I believe was the last night you guys were here. Uh, the other person that lives in this house currently not paying any rent that I'm aware of (laughs) made two large bowls of popcorn for us to enjoy during the movie. There was some left. They all got dumped into a bag. And then the next night after you guys were gone, we were like, hey, let's go ahead and finish that popcorn that uh, Glenn's been digging his COVID hand around in the night before. So we had just got done eating that when we got the news.
1: You know, I thought that I noticed that before we left. And I kind of thought that was a bad idea, that that hadn't been trashed. I, I kind of wish I had voiced that opinion, but I but I didn't. Yeah. It all worked out. Oh, and it but, was all um, eaten, so yeah, no well, nothing goes much, to
0: waste. It's much more fun
2: just to wait a few days and then send the text Glenn has sent so many times of, hey, you might want to get yourself tested.
1: <laughs> well, I got tested all right. Because yeah. I called the doctor up, and uh, you know, I'm like, when can you get me, when can I get in today? Um, and I told him, I think I have strep throat. Here's what's wrong with me. But I was like, I have to tell them that I recently traveled. I can't be dishonest about it. And they're like, well, since you recently traveled, we'll have to test you for COVID. And I'm like, that's fine. You know, no big deal, whatever you got to do. No, I mean, I they gave me special instructions. I was not to approach the waiting room. I was to wait out in the hallway and call a certain number. They would come out and get me. I went through a different uh, entrance to the uh, to the office. My waiting room was on the complete opposite side from where anybody else would be, as was the room that I was in for "quote unquote" treatment. I obviously <laughs> demanded a prostate exam, <laughs> <laughs> but they, uh, you know, they, you know, asked me questions where I'd been, what my symptoms were, blah blah blah, and then it was time for the test. And they were. And hold on. When you said Florida, did
2: they just go ahead and start writing out the paperwork? They're like, all right, confirmed case, done,
0: let's go.
1: They had me a piece of paper that said last will and testament.
0: So, how but far no, up the nose
1: did they go in the test? Huh, how far? Yeah. I mean, this is. Like this ricochet far? Yes. Okay. I got ricocheted on the left side <laughs> and pick folds on the right. <laughs> And it, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt, (laughs) but it definitely makes your eyes water. Like it feels like if you jump into a pool and you don't like squeeze your nose or whatever and water like rushes up in your nose, Mm -hmm. it's like that same sensation. It doesn't hurt, but it just feels weird.
2: Is it similar? Is it, it's flu, right? That they also go up the nose. I believe
1: uh, that's correct. I, I don't there's, know.
2: I think it's strep. They do the back of your throat, and I think oh. flu, they go up the nose.
1: Let me tell you, I would rather have the COVID test than the strep swab. The strep oh, there's swab nothing is worse. Nasty. I there's hate nothing that. worse than and the It always makes swab. you want
2: to sneeze all over the person that does it.
1: Oh, I had the gag reflex triggered, and then especially she swabbed it, and then she was like, well, does it hurt on one side more than the other? And I was like, yeah, you know, over here. So she goes back in and gets like a real deep swab and oh. then she I see, I see she pulls it out of there and, <laughs> and slower. Uh, it, just, <laughs> it needs to be said slower it's just got this nasty just funk on it and yeah. i was like almost just vomit right there in the room you almost treated About, her like a
0: casino bathroom kind of um but yeah
1: they you know they tested that and like you're positive for strep and we'll We'll let you know about the other, so
0: so this is where the story gets interesting. So we are leaving on a plane Thursday night for Vegas, and we had already decided because we got this news on Tuesday, we weren't gonna say anything, but we had decided like if if it comes back that you're positive, we're not going. it's just it's just too irresponsible as much as I wanted a vacation. If you called us thursday uh, we we had you had let us know the results would be on Thursday. If you had let us know Thursday you were positive, we were we were just going to bail out of the trip. It just would be too irresponsible to the other people there. Where it got dicey is we were dropping our kids off Wednesday with their grandparents, and strep throat is also contagious, which we knew you had, especially to children. And you are contagious a few days before you show symptoms, much like COVID. So uh the other mitigating factor there is is my wife's parents are both in the high risk category for covid due to their age and underlying medical conditions. So we had a real soul searching moment. We just finally decided to come clean with them on the phone and one of the parents was much more fine with it than the other. We thought the other might actually cause us to have to pull the plug on the whole thing. He ultimately said it was okay. Well, then we kind of gave him instructions of like, "Hey, there's a Probably about a 50-50 chance one of the kids is going to end up with strep throat in about 24 hours. So, here's what you do. Here's the insurance card. You know, the, here, you, neither of them are allergic to amoxicillin. You're good to go. So, we drop the kids off, and then we wait, and we wait. And I'm texting Glenn every hour. Like, what's going on? Where are the oh, yeah. results?
1: No, a guy who's, like, playing who's utility infielder for Team Hoax is very concerned about my symptoms and, you know, me being positive for this fake disease. And and I, I, at the, they told me it'd be 48 hours. And I'm telling you, like the 4802 mark, I placed a phone call and left a message, you know, just calling about my test results. And I waited and I waited and I waited. And they, they purposely tell you don't leave multiple messages. I don't know if that's a real thing, but they're like, it just slows us down and getting back to you. And so he's like minutes away from needing to leave and all that. And he's like, Have you heard anything? I'm like, nah. And it was after five, you know, here at this point. So I'm like, I guess that's it. And so I'm, you know, I'm feeling better by this time. But I'm like, yeah, I guess that could still be positive. I'm just kinda hanging out in the house. And the phone rings. A young lady says, Hey, it's me with, you know, generic doctor clinic and uh she was real nervous like she was real scared to share the news with me i think it was the first time she'd ever been on the call with a human being (laughs) because i'm just like okay okay, yeah and she finally got around to it after taking the scenic route and she was like okay yeah your your test was negative i was like okay and so i immediately get off the phone and fire off a. actually i think i fired off the Undertaker throwing mankind off hell in a cell gif. <laughs> and said, in this
0: situation, I'm the Undertaker and COVID is mankind. And I kid you not, we were in our driveway sitting in our car running, getting ready to go to the airport when we got the news. That's how that's how down to the wire this got.
1: Well, I bet your engine started firing after you got that news. You yes. knew you are going to Vegas.
0: And then we were off to Las Vegas where I might've done better if I'd have just stayed home with the COVID, not from a financial standpoint, that actually went very well, but boy, things got risky there in Vegas. So much like you Southwest, no middle seats, masks everywhere, but generally an uneventful trip, everything seemed pretty, uh, pretty well as a pretty well oiled machine at this point, not a lot of traffic. We get to Las Vegas, meet up with Point Break Dave, other friends out there as well, including uh, another guy that might have been in our WrestleMania house, and that's when we realized that the mask gives people a free pass to just act however they want in public. And Point Break Dave and I experienced this firsthand.
2: There is something. Tommy's not uh, embellishing at all. We we go to Vegas. Honestly, Tommy and I have probably gone to Vegas twice a year for the last fifteen years, easily. So we've been there a lot. We've gambled everywhere. We've been in just about every you know. I mean, nothing seedy, but most situations in Vegas you know sports book people losing big people losing at poker tables restaurants arguments over hotel rooms we've seen it all and we saw more confrontations and more poor behavior this trip than we'd ever seen in our lives oh
0: I, I would say the first day we saw more than i've ever experienced there and that's what that's what i want to tell you this story glenn and i want to i really want to know what you would do in this situation First of all, we made a big mistake. We went to the Flamingo. There's no excuse for this mistake. But what we found, the phenomenon of COVID is they have the tables at very limited capacity. So three max at any normal table game, six six max at craps. And what that did was obviously reduce the capacity, but two, caused the casinos to raise the table limits quite high. So in search of more affordable gaming options, we found ourselves in the Flamingo. Now I already think that because of the pandemic, prices are down, hotel room prices are down, and generally a lot of the population scared to travel. It brings out probably the fringe elements, anyways. If you think about a town like Vegas, that's notorious for, um, I don't know, I would say notorious for disease, but certainly not notorious for being clean. It's it's a it's a it's a dirty. Uh, environment, it's gonna bring out it's gonna bring out a certain element. And that is even magnified more at the flamingo. So Dave and I find ourselves at a cheap herb blackjack table, $15 minimum bet versus the I think $25 or $50 at the hotel we were staying at. And um as we sit down we're joined by a member of the community. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah. And by the way, um shout out to all my brothers and sisters in the community, and the uh, the Black Lives Matter face mask, big player, big player there. Lots of those on the strip, this particular trip. Well, Point Break Dave didn't realize this, but he had actually sat down in the seat another community member was trying to occupy, but Uh-oh. she was currently struggling with trying to figure out how to get money out of the ATM.
2: And what she and had- Hold on, let's clarify. When I realized that the... 'Cause as Tommy mentioned, it was three max, So it's Tommy, empty seat, lady. When I realized that her friend had been playing in my seat, I did immediately like, hey, I will get up and then her friend and the woman let me know that her friend didn't have any money,
0: so it was okay.
1: So one Is of the that what the trouble was at the ATM.
0: <laughs> yes. So one no. of the one of the things this pandemic has brought out is the fact that that if you have a dealer that maybe English isn't their primary language, the mask makes it almost impossible to communicate with them. And this this was a, a problem that was pervasive throughout the trip, very much no more not magnified any more than in this particular situation. So
2: and this dealer had had cloth mask and shield yes. and welder's
0: yeah. shield. Oh, yeah. the glass shield welder's mask over the cloth shield. The community member uh, that was looking for the ATM needed an ATM that had a QR code reader. I am not familiar with this, but she was determined to find an ATM with a QR code reader to get the money that she needed. She asked the dealer where that ATM is. The dealer is trying to explain it to her, but doing a very poor job because they're inaudible under the mask. So she kind of resorts to just pointing in the general direction of the back of the casino. The lady's gone for a few minutes and comes back and reports that she can't get money out. So then her and her friend devise an ingenious plan. She's going to okay. send her money on Zell, and then she's going to go to the ATM and cash it out. going to rob the casino. <laughs> because she has an actual ATM card. Well, she gets up to leave the table to go get her friend money that she's just sent her via <laughs> Zell. She she's already made great bonds with Dave and myself because she knows that we're sympathetic, that we're in it, we're all in it together. And she says, "You guys are good blackjack players. I, my friend is going to take over and play my chips while I'm gone. You guys tell her what to do because she doesn't know how to play blackjack." And Dave okay. readily agrees to this and says, "Yes, ma'am. We got we got your back. We got this." Holds up the one fist raised. <laughs> So,
1: I did not I did she, not do that and she's on the left side right so you guys have already you would have already played before it gets to her right No she's no, actually She's in first base She's under the gun oh. She's first up is, is the dealer okay with that if she's first and you help her Oh the
0: dealer's fine if we help her but here's what the dealer's not fine with So, after this entire speech of, hey, my friend's going to play my chips, you guys help her, she leaves the table. The dealer immediately, without saying a word, just takes the chips out of the bet circle and just throws it back at the lady with no explanation. And this lady doesn't
2: throw it, but it was like she pushed it back, but it was very dismissive. It was very dismissive. Yes. It wasn't done politely.
0: So before the other lady had even got away from the table, man, she makes a U turn and she's on this dealer. Like, what the f? I just told you what was going on. Well, then the dealer calls the. The dealer's just like floor, floor. Like won't even it won't even respond to her. Floor comes over, says, "What's the problem?" She says, "She didn't tell me that her friend was going to play her chips," which is, I guess, by letter of the law, true. But there's there's no ambiguity here. I mean, she stood up. She asked us to help her friend. She said, my friend's going to play her chips. So basically the dealer's being, the dealer's being difficult to be difficult.
2: Yeah. I mean, the dealer, if, you know, it's, if it's like a, when you sit in the exit row on a plane, I don't know if you've encountered this, where they say, are you able to open it? And you nod. They're like, no, you have to verbally say. So if, by the letter of the law, they need her to verbally at the dealer say, hey, she's going to play my chips. Fine, if that's the regulation. But the dealer in this three-minute discussion with Tommy and I about her friend, the dealer should have been like, hey, just so you know, before you leave, you have to tell me directly that she's going to play your chips. That's what the dealer should have done or should have just been like, I understand what's happening here. It's all fine.
0: Yeah. So the dealer's totally at fault, in my view, in this situation. The floor comes over. By the time they get this sorted out and the lady, you know, has to sarcastically be like, yes, I want my friend to play my chips. And, you know, she storms off to the ATM. Like, tensions are now high. Well, not long after the lady returns, resumes playing her own chips... There's a disturbance at the table next to us where a guy is screaming across the casino at another guy not wearing a mask, but not because he's mad that the other guy's not wearing a mask. He's mad because the casino asked him to put a mask, up, pull his mask up. And now he views that they're not treating him as fairly as this other guy. And, he, and I'm not talking about like a small disturbance, I'm talking about security. They're telling him he's going to be thrown out of the casino. His friends trying to hold him back. I mean, this is this was, this was like every game stopped while this was going on. Bad. And and, and this Dave, is
2: right next to Tommy and I. Yeah. This is ten feet away.
0: And D- D- Dave and I are just just at this point completely floored at what's happening. Well, we finish the shoe we're playing. They hand me the you know the big stack of six cards, and I slap the cut card in the middle. And we keep playing. We play through the next shoe. The lady pulls the, you know, the, she gets to the cut card. She pulls the next big stack of six cards out of the shuffler. She slides six decks. It, six decks. Yeah. Boy, it'd be awesome if it was six cards. It'd be very easy to count. Yeah. <laughs> easy to count. <laughs> she passes it over to Dave, hands him the cut card, and the lady in first base. One, real
2: quick, to set the scene. The original lady at first base that left to get her friend money, she is now back. Oh yes, she's been. The friend back. is gone.
0: The friend is gone. We we don't know where she went, but she did have a hundred dollars, so we know that. <laughs> when they hand Dave the cut card, this lady erupts and's like, "I want I want a supervisor right now. I'm being discriminated against." And the dealer well, says, "Or though well, I guess the dealer doesn't say anything." The supervisor comes over and says, "What's the problem here?" And she said. The dealer offered the two white people at the table the opportunity to cut before me. And the floor said, well, it's totally random. And she says, no, it's not. It's based on how long you've been at the table. And I've been here longer than these two. And argument ensues. And do you think Dave and I were very interested in participating in this argument?
1: Don't they? I always thought they kind of basically just went like clockwise. Like, if there was the same five or six people playing at a table, you would start with some person, and then whoever was just next in line the next time you had to cut it. Well, It seems like that's what they were doing. Yes.
0: And my theory on the situation is she was so mad about the ATM incident that she was just trying to get the dealer in trouble. And how do you get somebody in trouble in 2020 more than to accuse them of racism or discrimination? Because there is no advantage to having the cut card. I mean honestly it's one more coveted up thing you have to touch. I would actually prefer (laughs) it if they never gave me the cut card. So I mean what'd you guys do? We cashed out at that exact moment. So well in
2: in fairness the lady did clarify to the floor that these two gentlemen have been great. This dealer though, and then we were like at least we're not (laughs) in the middle of this. So at that point, yeah Yeah, we we did the my name's Paul, and this is Tween Yeah.
0: So we immediately push our chips out. We walk over to the cashier's cage where, yes, yet another person in a mask is having a problem. And this one may be the funniest yet.
2: This uh, is Frat Bro. Yeah, guy. Frat
0: Bro guy. And this is not like A-list Frat Bro guy. This is like Frat Bro guy from like El Centro. This is this is community college frat bro guy and his buddies. And he is Standing off to the side of the cashier cage, screaming, F this casino. We're getting the F out of here. And he's he's using the word. I don't because this is a Christian podcast. True. Why was he upset, you ask? Because they asked him to stop dropping the C-bomb at the table. <laughs> and he said, no casino can tell me I can't call someone a
1: C. Yeah, I think they can. <laughs> It's pretty. Uh, it's a pretty easy call there. I don't think they're going to allow that anywhere.
0: And that all happened in one hour of being in the casino. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that is impressive. Overall, my perspective on Vegas, pandemic Vegas, is very nice, much like your Legoland experience. For it to be at lower capacity. They were not fooling around about the mask. If you were on the casino <laughs> floor, if you were inside the casino doors, and you took your mask down for more than ten seconds, somebody was telling you to pull it up. They were on it. There was hand sanitizer they were on people everywhere.
2: With the, the nose poking out. Yeah, right? you had to add it full cover.
0: They they were telling people to pull up their mask. They had a very present security force, and then a very present armed security force in different. Um, uh, different uniform than the the primary security everywhere we were. It was, it, I've never seen such a high security presence uh, in the casino from, from a visibility standpoint.
2: They also had, well, I saw it at the nicer hotels, like Bellagio Venetian had like, not walk up and they scan your forehead, but like a wide spectrum. They're getting the whole hallway as you walk in and they're reading body temperatures which was kind of impressive.
1: So I was going to ask whether it was at the hotel you stayed at or just along the Strip. Did you did you eat at restaurant while you were there? We ate we at lots ate of restaurants.
2: all the restaurants. Okay, some so some how of did, them had how did that go? temperature scales. Because
1: I was going to say when we were in Florida staying at the hotel, at least one of the places that they have available, they kind of got around. They limited the interactions by, I think they changed up the menu a little bit. And they just limited what was available and they just served it like family style. So you ordered something that was basically for the whole table and they just make one trip out and just bring you this enormous amount of food. And then really, there's not a whole lot of back and forth from the, you know, between the staff and the, the patrons after that. But
2: the I don't only, know if, uh, really, the only difference, like, I mean, it was normal. I mean, wait, staff had masks, obviously, but it was very normal about as far as the dishes they brought, how often they came to the table. The only thing that was different was every restaurant uh, was menu list. They had like a little placard with a QR code that you would scan and it'd pop up the menu on your phone and then you could order it from there. But other than that, it was completely normal.
0: Yeah. I would say menu list and salt and pepper shaker lists, that's true they they pretty much took away anything anything from the table that would be communally touched, but other than that and the in the restaurants were the only mask free area so and a lot of times we spent hours in the restaurant because it was just nice to be able to sit and have a conversation not through a mask because right. pretty much every other time we were together fully masked up i i I don't know how now Dave stayed in a luxurious multi-room suite, which again, I don't know how he can afford the lifestyle he leads. In my modest accommodations, they had the room sealed with almost like crime scene tape across the, the threshold of the door when you arrived that said, this room has been sanitized, you broke the seal, and then the, the maid, there was no maid service. Nobody else other than you entered your room until you checked out. So if you wanted towels, you left them like laying in a pile out front of your door, and then they would deliver new towels like in a sealed plastic bag. And that was really your only interaction other than that. So I guess as far as feeling safe that your room was clean, or at least as clean as you you wanted it to be, you, I felt pretty confident there. And then also just walking up and down the hall of our hotel, noticing how many doors were completely unbroken, sealed, made it abundantly clear that there weren't that many people staying on our floor. Maybe Half the rooms at the busiest time were were looked to be occupied,
1: so is this the same hotel or two different ones?
0: This but is two staying. different ones You have to ask ones, Dave okay. about what a suite at the Bellagio goes for these days because I was staying at a very meager, very meager humble accommodations at a different hotel.
1: You had the chalk outline of the, of the dog <laughs> yeah.
0: And Dave, Dave had a panoramic view of the fountains at Bellagio right out of his window. Jeez. If you if you came
2: to my hotel room and needed to throw up in a bathroom, I could directly you to one of the bathrooms in my hotel room.
0: His hotel suite had a doorbell, Glenn. Wow. That
1: it was, is impressive.
2: It was pretty, uh, the COVID prices... And uh, a nice $100 to the person when you're checking in uh, can get you some nice things in in Vegas when they're not at capacity. But I will say this, uh, as Tommy mentioned, you know, I think you could, like, if you called down and requested, like, hey, I want service to my room, they would have come and done it. But, you know whatever we're staying there for I think four nights you know not gonna not gonna chance it just get new towels every once in a while but what can happen is what happened to me so I think it was the second or third day we were there Uh, we'd been out at the pool Mrs. Dave was that was her spa day so she'd gone to the spa I'd gone up to the room after the pool to get a shower before going and And decided, hey, you know, got a nice TV in the mirror. Watched a little bit of the Xfinity race, which, thanks to Tommy, we made a lot of money on. Boy, did we. (laughs) We'll get to that in a second. And uh, as uh, Cuba Gooden Jr. said and uh, Jerry Maguire, just air drying a little bit. Just just enjoying. Then I hear the door to my, uh, I'm in the bathroom. Hear the door to the hotel room open. Hear it close. Wondering if Mrs. Dave forgot something. Don't hear anyone talking. (laughs) So I kind of poke the naked upper half of my body out the bathroom, the my bathroom door, and see a very startled maid in the room. It was like, hey. And she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I saw the do not disturb. But I also thought this room had been checked out of, so I came in anyway. And then I was like, "Well, what are we, what are we gonna do about this?"
0: <laughs> so basically, your As hundred you opened the door the rest of the way. <laughs> yeah. Your hundred dollar tip got them to allow you to stay in a room that the computer system had no record of you staying in. Right. Yeah,
2: that may have that may have happened. And that's
0: exactly what happened. As we.
2: Talk about Xfinity Race. Yes,
0: and as we run out of run out of time in the episode, a couple other things to quick hit. Uh, Chase Briscoe going off at uh, seven to one. Dave and I, hundred dollar bet to win seven hundred cash back, you know, payback eight hundred. He fairly dominant performance, finds himself down with two laps to go thanks to a very dirty pass by noted drug addict AJ Almendinger. That's true. <laughs> guy who snorted his way right out of nascar uh he he finds himself in a uh, a battle for the lead with austin cindrick that gets quite heated to the point where chase briscoe has the ability to pass wheels in the grass and take the uh retake the lead with less than two laps to go and hang on for a victory and you better believe that everybody that was down at the uh pool at bellagio that day knew who chase briscoe was thanks to tommy as he was watching the race on his ipad i was watching that here recovering from strip throat. pretty exciting time uh played some poker they have it limited to six people at a table and they have these giant plexiglass dividers that 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 you essentially are playing poker in your own little booth with like a little slot to stick your cards and chips under the uh, one of the dealers told me. She said, "Hey, five people on this shift tested positive for COVID this week." I was like, "Well, that's exciting. So, you know, that's good customer service." <laughs> had uh, had some had some great meals. Um, when I returned home to Franklin, my wife and I went to a Mexican restaurant and got uh, a beer, queso, and split an entree for less than my omelet cost at the hotel every morning. <laughs> so that was exciting.
1: Was this a place where you could get your food mojo style?
0: No, but uh, I think
1: that's what gave me strep throat. That's my new theory. No.
0: Well, if it did, then we would all had it. But the, uh, yeah, the we
1: had one meal
2: that uh, due to uh, it was there was six of us at this meal, three couples, and we you know each you know split the uh, meal for for our couple, but the waitress just brought the uh, credit card. Scanner out to the table, and placed it at Tommy's place. So everyone handed their cards to Tommy and Dangerous. let him do it. And then I noticed when I returned from the trip, you know, whatever, three days later, I was like, "Hey, Tommy, does three hundred and forty dollars sound right for my part of that bill?" It sounded great. And apparently, it
1: was.
0: <laughs> when you order Manhattan's at twenty-four dollars a piece, the the bill can escalate quickly. That's just a Those note. Are good though. A note to good. all you amateur Vegas travelers out there. No, the Vegas prices continue to to uh to astound us. We our traveling party, the running joke was just to try to find the most ridiculous thing we've paid for. I felt like I started the trip off on a high note. I forgot my toothbrush, went downstairs, bought just the most basic Oral B that you could find in the gift shop, and the lady said, Well, that'll be ten dollars and fifty cents. Good Lord. Yeah.
2: I went down because I I don't know if I got into something I was allergic to, or if it was just like the Vegas dry air and the smoke, or something. But I had real red eyes, and I went down, grabbed two different kinds of eye drops at the little, uh, you know, whatever gift shop in the, uh, in the casino. Fifty-two dollars.
1: <laughs> oh, they have, they have like a CVS somewhere. They do, but I didn't oh, want to do. walk down there. <laughs>
0: He's willing to pay Bellagio prices. The man stays in the suite. My observation on the crowd overall, I think it was a little bit of a lesser caliber than what I normally see, albeit smaller. The cabs and Ubers were very much reduced. We had to wait Mm. for cabs to the point where a couple of times we just ended up walking, even though it was 150 degrees outside (laughs) because the available capacity of cabs was so low. And while masks were strongly adhered to within the casinos, when you were on the street, it was majority mask off. And if I do end up with COVID, I know the exact moment and where I was when it happened, which is right where the road starts to pinch down near Casino Royale. And we were shoulder to shoulder with about the lowest caliber of humanity you can find and not a mask to be found uh, other than myself and, and Mrs. Tommy.
2: I'll tell you one weird thing was so the casinos, as we've mentioned, are uber vigilant about masks. Went to the uh, gym in Bellagio a few days, which, by the way, for a hotel gym, incredibly nice.
1: What's the Bellagio
2: though? I guess that's true, but I mean dumbbells up to a hundred, lot Free of rates. yeah, a lot of things you you could you could get a good workout in there. Okay. But like my gym here you know, starting whatever, three weeks ago, mask, like everyone's wearing a mask. Hotel at the Bellagio, everyone's wearing a mask. Gym at Bellagio, no one's wearing a mask. (laughs) Everyone's just in there breathing heavy and sweating all over each other. Everybody's just spotting each other. (laughs) So that's where I got COVID. If I get COVID, that's where it happened.
0: So no trip to Vegas is complete without a cab ride back to the airport. And the cab driver that we had on the trip back, I'm going to offer the form to come on the show as not only just a guest, but a permanent member of the show. This guy had so many hot sports opinions. I I was trying to be polite. So we get in the and I can tell from the get-go he's gonna want to chat because he asked where we're from, he asked where we're going, he makes a comment about the Nashville sounds. This guy was was all about chatting. So I asked him. Who, who makes a comment about the Nashville sounds? <laughs> a cab driver that really wants to chat. I went over the roster. Wow. I went position by position. Yeah. This is okay. where this is where things got interesting. So I asked him my kind of general question. I said, hey, you know, how long have you been back in the job? And he said, well, they called me back two weeks ago. And I said, so have you found, because we're all wearing masks, because that's where it's required inside the cab. I said, have you found that? people wearing masks has brought out worse behavior in people because I I said, I feel like everywhere I went this weekend I just saw more people acting uh, inappropriately in public than I've ever seen before. And then he kind of let out a deep exhale and he said, "Ah, I really need to think about how I want to frame
1: this up. And we're going to mark this tape for sure, even though Tommy does all the editing. Yeah,
0: he said, it's not... It's not really about the masks, in my opinion. It's that we've made everything too cheap and accessible. He said the hotels have gotten too cheap, and what's that done is it's just brought out too many of those kind of people, if you know what I
1: mean. Oh,
0: Ugh. and my wife and I just cut the glance at each other, and it's hard to give a full reaction because you have your whole face covered with a mask. But we just give each other the raised eyebrow, and uh, then he went on uh, in some detail. Uh, about why he felt like that was a problem, and we did not agree with him. We laid out and wrote in silence for a little while, and then he said something else that oddly he shares this opinion with Point Break Dave. He goes, "Well, I hope you guys have a safe trip back." And he said, "Hey, and you know what? I was wondering, um, when did we decide that grocery store people are heroes?" He goes, "Because you know <laughs> he what? Did not, did he, he did. He said the America. <laughs> he said the America I lived in. He goes." That's an S job. He goes, people that work at grocery stores, they work there because they can't work anywhere else. And he's like, and sometime in the last couple of weeks, we've branded them all heroes. Wow. And uh, that's this when I... This a guy driving a cab? Yeah. That's when I <laughs> stepped out of the cab and uh, <laughs> took my suitcase and, and uh, made my way to the self-check-in kiosk at McCarran International Airport.
1: Was, uh, was Austin Bibbins Dirks your cab driver? Of course. Driver?
0: That was the only Nashville Sound name I could come up with.
1: <laughs> I can't think of who else is in the organization. Wow, that is uh not as friendly as your cab driver at uh Austin City Limits a few <laughs> years back. He was no. more jovial.
0: No, that was a uh, this was a very shocking hot sports opinion laden cab driver that Decided that uh, at this point in the pandemic, he's just going to let it fly.
2: So here's my question, because I've only I've only encountered this once, but oddly, it was also a cab driver. I have encountered the racist cab driver before. I guess what is it that. I mean, obviously, they have their opinion, which is not good, but then they're like, you know what? I think I'm gonna tell people my opinion. Right like, what is that?
0: Whether they Especially want it or not. Someone
2: who's working for tips.
0: Like, yes. No, I a know terrible plan. I know and and uh I just I don't understand the mind of somebody that's just constantly looking to just get out every possible hot sports opinion, get into confrontations. Just let's just sit back and enjoy the ride and, and leave the conversation out of it.
1: Well, I don't know if we've talked about it on here. But I think I've shared with you guys, the last two times I was in Vegas, which has been like a decade ago now, uh, but the last two times I was there, each of the cab rides from the hotel to the airport, one of them, the guy shared with us, it was a group of us all riding together, shared with us a story about two people that just had sex in his cab and they (laughs) let him take pictures and he showed them to us. (laughs) And then the last time I was there, it was just me and the cab driver and he was a really nice guy and he felt compelled to tell me the story about his son who dealt with like alcohol and drug addiction and had recently killed himself. Oh my gosh. Unprompted. It's not like I got in and said, golly, how about these suicides? Huh? What's going on with that? I mean, we're just, I'm just trying to get to the airport and then. He drops this on me. I don't know if that was a plea for maybe an extra 5%, you know, on the tip, but. So you're bearing the lead. He didn't get that.
2: (laughs) You're bearing the lead. Your cab driver was Eddie Guerrero's father.
0: (laughs) Wow. Thoughts and prayers. Oh, my. But, yes, all in all, I would say, uh. Pandemic travel, I highly recommend. None of us tested positive yet. Incubation I'm period still I'm in good still now. in play for Dave and I. And um, next week, if we're able to drag ourselves off the sick bed, I, I think I feel pretty confident that we're we have a review of Die Hard in store. Oh yeah, that's coming your way.